Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 80. Someone is right. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week I play the fourth message from C.K. Tang. And it is clearly a response to my outgoing message played in the previous episode, where I say, Someone told me that my message was much too annoying. Sike's message is about 12 seconds long and comes from the spring of 1989. Once again, I was able to interview Sike, this time due to COVID. We recorded outside, which meant the occasional cars rolling by in the background. Here we go. Someone is right. Your message is much too annoying. Anyway, uh, I'm calling this hello. I think I probably would have said the same thing today if you used that outgoing message. Your voice sounds familiar. More familiar than the last one. I don't know why. So, after you graduated... I think I was... I moved back to Queens with my parents. And then I worked to open a restaurant with my dad. His second restaurant on um, 4th Street and 6th Avenue. You know, he wanted to do it right. So he had an architect designing the place and I had some input. But first, before we did that, we had to clear out the space. I remember going into the space. It was a location of an old Chinese restaurant, so they had like some ornaments on the ceiling and a lot of equipment. So my dad didn't know what to do with the old kitchen equipment. So, uh, you know, I have seen on the Bowery that people, they buy and sell old kitchen equipment. So I just went to Anabari and asked somebody in there if they're interested in buying some Chinese kitchen equipment. And some guy came, I think he offered me like $800. So when I handed my dad the money, he was so impressed. Like he thought that he had to pay somebody to get rid of the equipment. And then I actually got someone in there to pay us. I went around with my dad a lot buying equipment, buying lamps, you know, decorative stuff or practical stuff. Like there was this refrigerator store on Prince Street. I remember there was a guy in there. He was also the son of the owner. So my dad actually ordered a refrigerator from them. And uh, this custom-made refrigerator came to the restaurant and they had to send it back because they couldn't get it inside the door. That guy, he was so pissed off that he actually took it back. He saw us another one. I feel like because I was translating for my dad, there was a lot of like leeway. And for a while, like we were a good team, you know. Whenever we go in to negotiate with somebody, because he didn't speak any English, and I would work as his translator. So that sort of gave us a little bit of a buffer, like. I was like the good cop and he was like the bad cop. You know, I would go and talk to the vendors and ask them for the price of this merchandise that my dad wanted to buy. And then I would go translate with my dad, but then at the same time, I would actually ask him, do you want me to go back and like 
give a lower number, you know. In between the, the languages, I think we had a lot of space to strategize, you know. And when I was managing the restaurant, I see myself playing a role. I guess it was like a performance, you know. It became like uh, a 24-7 art project for me. So whenever I go out to eat, I couldn't stop thinking about the restaurant. You know, so like I would go to a restaurant and I would check out what kind of lighting are they using, how do they like work out their flow, like where do they have their waiter section, like I was kind of like a sponge, you know. But I do remember very early on, this friends of mine from Hong Kong, they came and they really were very impressed with the restaurants. They were like, oh, this is like the first Chinese restaurant that isn't like so Chinese looking. My father's restaurant's name is Vegetarian Paradise. And I remember talking to a friend who was a designer. Oh, he just said, well, why don't you just call it VP2? I said, oh, okay. And it, I guess it was kind of, hip looking for a Chinese restaurant, you know. There weren't, at that time in 1989, there weren't a lot of hipster Chinese restaurants. And of course there weren't a lot of vegetarian Chinese hipster restaurants, you know. Chinese restaurants, of course, have a long history in the United States. Arriving first in the 19th century, as Cantonese migrants came to work as miners and railroad workers on the West Coast. But not until the 1970s did Chinese-American cuisine begin to reflect a growing interest in vegetarianism. This influence first emerged through cookbooks, such as Chinese Vegetarian Cooking by Kenneth H. C. Lowe, published in 1974, and Florence Lin's Chinese Vegetarian Cookbook from 1976. The 1970s also saw the growth of vegetarian restaurants across the country, but when Sakai's father opened Vegetarian Paradise at number 48 on the Bowery in 1981, it was one of the first to focus exclusively on Chinese food. Around the same time, Quantum Leap Natural Foods, located in Fresh Meadows, Queens, advertised Chinese vegetarian specialties, but this restaurant was better characterized as a vegetarian restaurant that included Chinese-inspired dishes on its menu. In 1991, a couple years after VP2 opened, an upscale eatery arrived in the theater district called Zen Palette. With glowing reviews in Esquire and Vogue magazines, it brought attention to the Buddhist traditions within Chinese food. Soon after this, more Chinese vegetarian restaurants popped up, including Vegetarian Heaven and Veggie Veggie, both also catering to the yuppie theater crowds. In contrast, VP2 catered to the more bohemian residents of Greenwich Village, which at that time was still affordable to the struggling artists and musicians that made the neighborhood famous. By the mid-1990s, Vegetarian Paradise had returned to Chinatown 
and was now called VP3. Around 2004, Sakai's father retired from the restaurant business. But his legacy continues. The most recent guide, published by Vegetarian Journal, lists nearly a dozen restaurants scattered across the city serving strictly vegetarian Chinese cuisine. All right, that's it for this week. Many thanks again to Sakai for sharing her memories. If you would like to participate in this podcast or have comments, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.